Let's hold that point. Yeah, okay. Hey, I'm Obi. That's Ed. And we are drinking from the Garden Hose, your favorite podcast. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Like us, subscribe, leave comments, give us feedback. We love it all. Ed, how are you? Doing great. Blue skies today, which uh, with the last couple of days with that smoke, I mean, not that there's not smoke today, apparently, but I'm doing a lot better today. It's, it's amazing how much I appreciate blue skies. Uh, we do not have blue skies yet in Philly. Uh, it's yeah, still- well, that's because I think all of our bad smoke moved to you. Yeah. You're dealing with that shit right now, right? We had it. Well, I think today was better than yesterday. So we're still, we're also fading off, but we're never as bad as the yellow pictures. But yesterday morning, woke up, was like, I think this is here. I'm not really sure. By the end of the day, I'm like, oh, it's here. Like, oh, like, I was, I was, by the way, I was not in New York City. We've seen the yellow pictures in New York City, but I'm not that far from New York City. I mean, you my, probably had it worse. My neighborhood was yellow. Yeah, I'm gonna say where where you are was worse than New York City. Where I am is not as bad. Yeah, I I mean today's great, but yeah, yeah, it was weird walking through the house, and the whole house was like almost like not fluorescent, but it was like if it was as if I changed my house lights to orange light. It was weird. It was just weird. Like the sun was being amplified into the house through the smoke, even though you couldn't see the sun. A weird color. It was just a weird feeling. Then you go outside, you couldn't see shit. And uh, it smelled like someone had a big campfire going on. It was weird. Yeah, I was, there was one point where I went out quickly to throw out some trash. I was like, am I supposed to just open up a beer and stay out here? But that's what it smells like. It smells like open up a beer and sit down. Yeah, you basically smell like you're at a fire pit. Yeah. yeah. But here's the difference. Like at a fire pit, if the smoke was blowing into your face nonstop, you probably would get up and move. Right. Yesterday you couldn't get up and move. Nope. You just had nope. to you just had to go back into that. I mean, I was outside for a while. I put a mask on. And I know people were looking at me, but at the end of the day, I was actually getting a sore throat. Like the night before I got a sore throat from the smoke and it wasn't even as bad. So I just didn't really deal want to deal with that. So anyway, long story short, smoke sucks. I know people in California are like, eh, now you know what it's like. Well, guess what? I don't want to know what it's like. It sucks. And Canada better put their damn fires out. That, that's right. This 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 uh, passive-aggressive invasion from the Canadians is a little much for me. Oh, so, it's complete bullshit. Complete bullshit. And I tell you how many people... First, this is an amazing thing about the whole thing, is about how people do not pay attention to what's going on in the world around them. I, It's amazing to me. Like I know everything that's going on. I'm Not that I'm an expert, but I pay attention to social media, Twitter... Not that I watch broadcast news and everything. I think I know what's going on. Like, I knew the smoke was from Canada, right? How many people did I run into? Like, oh, yeah, it's pretty smoky. I heard there's a wildfire in in western New Jersey. I'm like, no, there's not. And if there is, that's not the smoke. So there was a wildfire in New Jersey this week uh, in south, the east or west? It was southern I don't remember East or West New Jersey. And yes, it did actually uh, affect uh, where we live here as well. But no, that so they so that person was not completely making things up. They just were not putting the dots together properly. Yeah. And they had no idea about the Nova Scotia fires. I mean, these fires have been going on for weeks up there. This is just the first that we've really gotten a, a big old 
mouthful of it. But uh, anyway, not that we want to talk about that, but it it's just it's just a weird experience. It is. It is a weird experience. And as somebody said on one of my on a posts on Facebook, now we get to talk about bad about Canada for a little bit. That that's new and, and different. But, yeah. Well, there was a great uh, little post yesterday I saw about Major League Baseball, and it said reasons for cancellations and they had a picture of rain and there's like 20 cancellations and then there was cold weather two cancellations and then there's the canadian flag and there was two games underneath of it i thought that was good like the canadians are definitely going to get a bad rap over this one. Oh yeah yeah we're, we're, we're I, i'm we're going to give them the best bad rap we can and then they're going to be like yeah okay but the kicker is it's coming from quebec so they're all french canadians they don't even if we're making fun of them they don't even understand it anyway because they speak french so I think Not you're like a little, I think feelings. you're slightly wrong there, but okay. I mean, they what, do you think speak they French. speak English too? Yes, yeah. because they're more mature than Americans, and they learn more than one language. Yes, yes, yeah. Okay. Like pretty much the entire world, they learn English be, and another language. You might be onto something there. Well, you know, speaking of mature, I had somebody questioning whether you are truly a mature Gen Xer or not. Uh, in some feedback I received about you. Now, I have to tell you. I, no, I have to tell you, this is amazing because this isn't the first piece of feedback somebody questioning if I was a guy. Gen Xer. It's the same oh. guy. All right. Okay, I feel a little better. The fact is, though, that he, he, he didn't feel, he feels like he has to keep going back to the well. Well, he, he gave me two examples of things you do. And oh one, one, I, I can't speak from personal experience, so I can't say how I would react. Uh, but sometimes I do think you're maybe a more of an older Gen Xer with this than 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 a, a typical Gen Xer. I can't speak perfectly, and we'll get to that. But I would like you know the second thing that he brought up with. I think it's going to be actually the theme of our show because uh, I looked at him and told him he was wrong. He was dead wrong. You uh, stuck up for me. Oh, That's I stuck awesome. up for you. I stuck up for me. I stuck up for my well, my wife, his wife. Like I stuck up for everybody. Just, we'll get into what that was. But uh, his his question is: He feels that uh, as a fellow uh, girl father, which he is, that you're a little. I don't want to. I don't know what the right word is, but you're like oh, a little protective, old fashioned carrying the shotgun when the date comes and don't want to meet the date family. It's an ongoing complaint he's had about you. It's not like it's something new that came out, but he brought it up again. And I'm like, protection, protection, protection. And F that guy, and F his family. So that's that's the one I, I can't really speak to or defend you on because uh, I do think you might be a little closer to uh, Boomer there. First of all, I'm not sure that's a generational thing. I think every dad should be that way. I mean, right. See, that's, at the, there you go. At, at the end of the day, I was a boy. So I heard I heard a statement yesterday from a, a guy, uh, two days ago, a guy. He's got a son and a daughter. But what he said was, we were talking about the differences of raising a girl and a boy. And I thought, I never heard this statement before. He goes, but you know, Ed, the difference is, is when you have a son, you have to worry about his dick. But when you have a daughter, you have to worry about all the dicks. And that, my friend, is why I'm protective. And so if you're a girl dad and you're not protective, you actually weren't a boy yourself growing up. Because 
because if you were, you would understand why the daughters need protection. I think you need to be careful how you go on this conversation about not being a boy growing up and not being a boy is Pride Month, Ed. But just think about how you want to word this. I know. You know I'm not going there. But what I'm saying is, if you grow up identifying as a male, you're going to act certain ways. You're going to think certain ways. And I'm going to tell you, uh, I was probably, you know, may, I, you know, maybe I realized that maybe I was, you know, a little off center when I was growing up. I'm not sure, but I tell you what, my girls should be afraid of boys like me. Okay. Fact, okay. Fact. Now, this other thing is about uh, a little bit about protection. I think this is really one of the subjects that we started this whole show with, uh, which is how things are different, how how the kids today are different, but sometimes it's because we're raising them different than we were raised. And uh, I don't know if you've gone to the Shearing concert yet, but you mentioned... Uh, oh, it's, 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 it's coming up. It'll be the day after this episode drops. Okay. So you mentioned that there's a, you feel a certain responsibility to bring these youngsters to the show. Uh, they're of a particular age that they should be watched. You mentioned uh, recently that... You went to a concert at 15 and you probably wouldn't let your daughters go even at 15 alone to a concert. And although I went to concerts, I think my first concert was 15 or 16 alone and didn't go to, you know, continued on from there on. Uh, And uh, as my brother will tell you, I took him to a concert at 16 when I was 18, which was and lost him at the concert, uh, but he survived. The, the question is, I think that you're right. And not even that I think you're right that a child necessarily needs to have a guardian at a concert at that age. But if you don't bring a child as a guardian to that age, the rest of the guardians are going to look at you and come for your head and your kid. And they're going to be calling dykes. And the, that was that was his point. And then he gave an example of what was happening at his house. And if I don't quote his example 100% right, I'm sorry, but... Uh, his child was out at a party, uh, a house, a supervised party at about 10 o'clock at night. And they call up and they say, hey, dad, uh, I'm going to be out to midnight. Is that OK? And he says, sure. Now, they're a few blocks away. This guy's wife turns to him and goes, oh, you're going to be up at midnight to pick her, pick him up. He goes, No. And his wife goes, well, I'm not going to be up. You gave permission. You're going to go pick him up. And this guy's like, no, no, it's a four-block walk. And the wife's like, nope, midnight, not happening, not happening. Now, I think from our conversations that you would agree with me, the wife, and my wife, that no, midnight is too late for uh, a young person to be walking home. Again, whether or not you think it yourself, if the cops find the person, they're calling them with their company. Cops find your kid. They're coming with the kid and Dyfus. What do you think? Well, there's so much to unpack there, Obi. And uh, because, I, I, you know, as we know, we've talked about my oldest is is graduating from high school, going off to college, turned 18. So there's just a lot for a dad to unpack. Because I will admit, I am that protective dad. So you're damn right. Um, I am now reckoning with the fact that... Uh, Somebody has to live their own life, and it's not named me; <laughs> it's named her, right? So, um, so 
when I was a kid, I walked the four blocks. Shit, I walked longer than four blocks at midnight to get home. And both my parents were dead asleep when I got home. Now, obviously, we'll get feedback after I just said that, and we'll find out I was never really asleep. I was always worried about you, Ed, and I was thinking about you, and I didn't sleep. Fact is, I had to wake them up. I was out, and when I came home, I had to wake them up so they could wake up, look, well, my dad wasn't waking up for shit. He didn't care. My mom, I had to wake her up so she could look at the clock to make sure I was on time. Let's, let, that, that was the rules, right? So they were sleeping. I don't care what anybody says. They were sleeping. I can't sleep until she's home because somebody's got to pick her up. Like, I would never, like, how are you getting home? So I, I'm dealing with this, Obi. My daughter, 18 years old, is going to go to a Yankee game on Saturday night with her friends, two friends, female. They're going to take the train, no adults, take the train to Bronx, walk to the stadium, find their seats, find the train on the way home, get home. Like, and okay, so I had this conversation with somebody, right? So my head is exploding over this, but I have to let her go. She's 18. Like, how, right? When is she going to learn? What, is she going to be 27 and I'm going to be walking around the Bronx? No. So here's what I realized, Toby. And this goes back to that overprotective. And maybe your buddy who gave you this feedback is going to get an ounce of satisfaction from what I'm about to say. I'm going to admit it right here. I have failed as a father because I have not raised independent children because I've been so protective. Now, in my defense, society expects me to be protected. And if we're talking about that cheering conference concert, the other four parent groups that are, you know, their daughters are going, they expect me to be watching their kids, right? Like 30 years ago, they wouldn't have expected any parent to be there at all, right? So there's no, but there's a responsibility that you expected. So I think we're all in this together and we're all raising a bunch of unindependent or non-independent kids. I, I think you hit exactly right. But I'm going to tell you that they learn to get independent quickly even when you don't want them to be. So we have just talked about the level of smoke uh, in our area, specifically New York City. My eldest, he has a job that he commutes to in New York City. He commutes via public trans. And he was woken up this morning uh, in his apartment to a phone call from his mother telling him he can't go to work today because it's too smoky. Oh, wait a second. So and I'm the protective dad. So my son. Oh my God. Respect. I don't know. I shouldn't even say. So, well, first of all, I should say I woke up and I was bombarded with good morning. Your son can't go to work. There's a hundred TikToks I sent you telling you how smoky it is and how they, he can't go. He can't go. He can't go. I went and had my coffee. I looked at my phone and, um, I saw he was on the train. And then I went upstairs and was told Oh, wait, story. wait, how did you see he was on the train, Obi? Oh, we still track where they are. I know where, I can, I can tell you where he is at all times. Yeah, 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 if, yeah. Again, because if I can also making my point. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, and I will tell you, when I was talking to this person, I'm like, I happen to agree with you that your kid can walk home four blocks at midnight. But you can't let that happen. It don't matter what I think. You and, right? And there's two things going on. What do I think is safe? And what is what does peer pressure tell me I have to do? So 
if my wife expects me to know where my son is at all time, I'm going to know where my son is at all time. And like I tell him, you're a real adult when you start paying for your own phone. That's when you're a real adult because then I don't know where you are. Um, but yeah, so he he definitely got woken up this morning, told not to go to work because it wasn't safe to travel. Um, but anyway, and, and, and he went. A kid so who traveled I'm, Europe on his own. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I'm just dying to know what did he did he tell his mom? Sure, mom, I'm not going. Did he hang up on mom? Did he say, mom, I, I'm still? Did he was he man enough to say, mom, I'm an I, adult, I'm going? Or did he was he passive aggressive and goes, oh, I'm not going to go, and he still he, went? Like he didn't. Did he definitely out? did not lie to her about going because had he lied to her about going, that's what I would have been told. No, he treated her horribly, laughed at her, whatever he did. Uh, he he told her he's going to work. Um, yeah. That that I'm sure of, based on what I was told. Not he, I, and I, I think he tried to do it as politely as possible, but not did do a great job. So he also did eventually get a text message from me when he finally got home. Call your mom. Tell her you're okay. Thank her for worrying about you. Just don't be condescending, which he did, because you know he still wants to come home every now and again. Sure, sure, and and mom will take care of him if he's actually respectful to her. So what's amazing is that we have raised a generation of kids like this that we coddle, and we're all guilty. And you talk about peer pressure. Maybe Gen X, I mean, someone's going to get mad at me, but maybe Gen X is the generation that really has had peer pressure their entire life. We had it as kids, and we have it as adults. Did boomers have it? Did they even have it as kids? I'm not sure. They certainly didn't have it as adults. Or unless it went the other way, like you better treat your kids like shit. I don't, I'm not really sure, but like we have peer pressure. Like if like if you're the parent who is well, I saw this article the other day about the parent who's not letting his kid have a smartphone. Like what the hell is your problem, lady? Like you know, and then she lists all the virtuous reasons why, and like yeah, it's probably all right, but you're freaking whacked out not letting your kid have a smartphone. Right. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. Sorry. You. Yeah. Yes. No. You're. I'm saying and, yes. And, and, no. Like. There's nothing. And what I'm really thinking, Obi, is who the hell are you to be a better parent than I am? God damn it. Right. I wish I could have. I wish I could have held the line in in fifth grade when the teacher said, "Make sure they come in with an iPad or a cell or a smartphone." Wait, what? Yeah. Make sure. So they I'm gonna say one. it out loud here. I hate that parent. I hate the parent that is able to raise an independent kid that is able to keep their kid from having a smartphone, that makes their kid walk home from school and doesn't drive them to school and from school. I I hate that parent because it makes me look and feel bad. It doesn't make me look and feel bad. I'm just jealous. I am straight up jealous of the freedom they have from their child's needs. And I'm sure they're providing for their child when their child needs them, but their child doesn't need them to drive them to school when they miss the bus that now picks up everybody who lives within a quarter mile of the school, as opposed to the state mandated two miles. Do you know how pathetic I was today? Almost was today. I actually, today I made a big step in parenting. It's like, this is like the AA for parenting meeting. I, today, my daughter had to go and work out. She had, you know, she's now, she's got the college workouts, right? Get ready for the season. And uh, so she had to go to the Y to work out today. And uh, her appointment was at 6.30 with her trainer. And I'm doing in my head, like, if, if she's in bed taking a nap. And I'm thinking to myself, 
Well, she's clearly misunderstanding how much time it's going to take to get out of bed, get changed, and drive there, right? So now I'm trying to wake her up, then you're going to be late. Like, you misunderstand time. And then I'm like, you've got to do your water. And it went through my head, she's going to be late. I should probably help her and do her water bottle. She's 18, and I almost did her water bottle for her, Obi. But I passed. I passed there. I'm so proud of myself. I didn't get her the water bottle. And she was 10 minutes late. Good on you, Ed. Good she only on got you. 50, she only got 50 minutes of the session I paid 60 minutes for. So I'm still pissed because I didn't get my money's worth. But big, small wins, Ed. I'm still waking up my 17-year-old at every morning so he can get on the bus. Oh, now, I, wake, I wake the 18-year-old so she can go to school. I mean, come on. Like, And I will give him credit. Most of the time he's awake. And I just go, yo. He goes, yo. And that's our full morning interaction. But sometimes he's not. Sometimes wake the up, get your ass out of the fucking bed. And then, as we were talking about before this show starts, they now go off to college and they don't even have to have a roommate, most of these kids anymore. Like a good number of kids can live on campus in, hey, it's not the greatest, but it's honestly better housing than most off campus housing. You know, there's people watching over you, but it's better housing. But they could get a single on campus, like from their sophomore year on. Sammy, five years of total schooling, never once had an actual roommate. Has had apartment mates, but never a roommate. Ever. Yeah. So, oh, we, we, we did briefly touch upon this. And, and the thing is, I listen, we coddle our kids. And now we can say the colleges are coddling kids. But you know why I think the colleges are coddling the kids and not giving them roommates? is because in today's day and age, the pain in the ass that must be, the, the only reason they're going with singles in college now is because it's making life easier for the administration. Has to be. Because it's not more economical, right? Because you're actually building more living space per student than if you just put them both in a little shoebox and tell them to work it out. Uh, yeah, you're probably, this, you're probably right. And when they can't work it out, uh, so my first roommate and I, uh, didn't quite work out, and we we knew we weren't a good match, so we changed roommates, and like you know, boom, bam, we were done. We did. I did the same thing. Thirty after thirty days, my roommate moved out, and new, and I switched. I had a new guy move in. Yeah, that was it. Boom, we were done. Okay, and uh, you know, the, the biggest hassle the admin had to uh, deal with was us asking for the paperwork and getting us the right paperwork. I am sure these kids go into their people. I didn't, by the way, I didn't even do the paperwork. We just switched. I, I remember a paperwork conversation. Ed. I don't, I couldn't tell you if we did the paperwork, but I remember the paperwork conversation. Yeah. So kids today, like how, how are they, how can they live with a roommate that, and they have to learn, like, cause we coddle them at home. So how are they going to, how are they going to navigate? And apparently there's a whole generation of kids out there that have figured it out, but I can't fathom how they've done it. Because uh, they're not doing it in my house. Like I said, I mean, you know, Sammy does seem to have figured it out enough. So kudos to him. Not not, not without us trying to prevent it. Uh, and we did some things. I mean, one of the things that we did with Sammy that I think helped was whenever his grades were not what he wanted them to be, 
the first step or what we wanted them to be for him. But usually he had high enough standards that that was not the issue. The first step was he had to email his teachers. You have to immediately, you know, this is something's going wrong here. Email the teacher, take some responsibility. So he, but then the second child, forget it. You know, <laughs> you know, he, second, so, so Obi, but that's something interesting because you just said the moment something was going wrong with the grade. Yeah. When we were growing up, the moment something was going wrong with the grades was you when it was the card. report card and it was too late. This is true. This is true. Yeah. There was no there was no understanding from a parent's perspective of what the hell was going on in school. No. No. And now we have this thing called power school. And I think we've probably talked about this before, but power school, for those of you who don't know, has everything on there, has homework assignments to what the grade it's it's like real time. Like the teacher grades it now. It's in the app. Like I can go on. Oh shit! You just got a bad. Like that. It's amazing the information they share with parents. Yeah. So I, I know that there were kids when I was growing up who got uh, money based on their grades. Um, in order to sort of motivate Alex, he gets money on a weekly basis based on how he did on, on a biweekly basis based on how, what his grades were over the last two weeks because I have that now. Yeah, you can see when they missed an assignment. You can see, like, oh, you didn't hand in the homework last week. Like, so, Obi, that brings me back to, so I admitted that I'm a failure as a parent. But is it really my fault? Or has society conspired with me through power school and other means, Life360, the tracking app, all those other things to make me that way? Have I been socially engineered to be a failure? I think we have been socially engineered. How about this one? I just found out today, yesterday, that one of my children had detention. I didn't even think they gave detention anymore. I thought it was illegal. Yeah, I was like, you had detention? And I wasn't angry that he had detention. I was shocked that the school system had detention. I, matter of fact, I need to follow up on that conversation because it was held in a very quick manner. I was like, wait, what? What? Yeah. So. I was under the impression they can't because then the kid misses the bus and then that screws up the whole home life. Like, yeah, I didn't think detention was given out anymore. Either that, and you know what? He's missed the he missed the bus home a couple of times. I wonder if one of those were the detention because he told me some. Sh yeah, Do you think detention or a girl? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go home with the girl. And your family says, where have you been at? You'd be like, I had detention. Got a Gen X or Dago. Holy shit, you had detention. And then no more questions asked. No, no, that's not what happened. So we, uh, he is going on a school-ish, not even a school. The One of the teachers is planning a trip for the students uh, this summer. He will not even be a teacher anymore by the time the trip happens. So it's not even a school trip. It is just a trip. Uh, but we were at the school and uh, it was like, the, you know, the parents of the kids who were going, which by the way, you could tell which kids' parents were second or third parents and which kids' parents were just the first. It was so obvious. It was just hysterical. Uh, just the, <laughs> what time do you need yeah. to be there? Yeah. I, I saw something interesting the other day. I think it's called retiring from parenting. Like, and I'm doing it now. We all apparently we all retire from parenting before the second one's done. It's just it's a fact. 
You just yeah, it. you just steal it. Oh, and it was like, yeah, because all these kids are juniors and seniors, so it's like, it's just the, the, the like I sent down the email. I was like, hey, so and so, so and so, these four kids, we all live within a block of each other. If anyone wants, I could drive. And one of the other parents wrote back, oh, well, I'll drive. I was like, okay, but only my kid and that kid are going with this parent. The other parents were all like, and I know they were like. Oh, gotta get them to the airport, right? What if they don't get to the airport, right? And I was like, figure it out. If not, he, he doesn't, doesn't, go he doesn't get to the airport. Apparently, he's not going. That's right. He's gonna walk down there. That guy's gonna take him and his kid and drop him off at the airport. And the other guy's gonna be fine. They're gonna figure it out. But with your first kid, you weren't that parent. Oh, I would have been like, I'll drive. I'll drive. Everybody's. I'm gonna be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and even if I didn't want to be there, my wife would be like, "You're going to be there," because she wasn't going to get up at this ungodly hour. So, Obi, the last, the, not the last thing on this, but I know we're probably getting close to wrapping up here. But I, something else happened today that, that I got to share because it's kind of funny. So, speaking of the tracking app, like I didn't even track my kids until like three months ago when my daughter got her license. So then I'm like, well. For safety purposes, I should probably track her in case she gets in an accident or a flat tire or something. So I put, I'm tracking her. If I'm tracking her, I got to track the younger sister. So I'm tracking her. And then, of course, Bridget, my wife, has to, she has to put the app on her phone so she can track them. But while she puts the, and now I'm tracking her. Like I'm tracking everybody. I'm tracking my wife. I'm tracking my kids. It's like this whole surveillance state. But anyway, so today, then it gives me alert. I don't even know how he set this up, but I get alerts. Every time my wife and two kids leave the home, every time they come home, I get alerts. So today I'm at work and it's like two o'clock and my younger daughter's school gets out at 2.50. It's two o'clock. I get an alert. Alex has arrived at home. That's weird. So I go to Listen 360 or not Listen, uh, Life 360. And I see that turn up her and her older sister at home. So I click on her, as you know, you can click on her, and then you can see, like, the history. And I see that at 1 o'clock, there's a line going from her school somewhere else. And then, like, 45 minutes later, there's a line from that somewhere else back home. I know that I called her older sister during that time, and her older sister was eating lunch at Panera. So I quickly deducted they were together. So I caught my kid. My older kid signing my younger kid out of school. Well, it's, it's, it's school. It's the last day of school, is it? No, they got another week. Oh, oh because week. because the younger kid isn't in high school, so they don't have finals. Yes, yes, she's got another week. So the older sister, they said they did. So anyway, I catch them because I've been telling them for years. I'm a lot smarter than I look, and I will always catch them. And I caught them. This is awesome that I got lucky. But anyway, so now I have to come up with a punishment, Obi. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm not so sure I've ever punished my kids in their life, but this is serious. They skipped school, damn it. I don't know. I might. They might not be able to go to Starbucks for two weeks. I don't know. Like, this is where I'm at. This is how bad of a parent I am. I, I don't know what to tell you other than that. The younger one's off for a life of crime, already cutting school in eighth grade, and you're letting her get away with it. So you, you put a stop to that act. Yeah. It, no, I'm under the illusion. 
at the end of the day, they're really good kids. I mean, how hard do I have to punish them? Because they know they did wrong. They apologize. They were they 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 knew something bad could happen, so they learned their lesson. I'm such a softy. You you uh I I I I can't say I would have been much harsher. Um, I can't imagine what I would have done. Like I, I wouldn't even. I, I would have been furious at the older for pulling the younger one out of school because the younger one's an idiot. Now, but your younger one isn't an idiot. See, mine is. I mean, she's got. I'm fighting well, with so everybody. This, she's in school. So the way this went down is, the older one texts the. First of all. This is crazy too. Like the older one texts the younger one while she's in school, and the younger one responds. So the older one texts, "Hey, I'm hungry. Do you want to get something to eat after school?" The younger one says, "I'm hungry. Why don't we go now?" So the older one says, "Well, how do we do that?" And she goes, "Just come to the school and sign me out." So the plan was hatched. So the older one just pulls up to the school, rings the security thing. The security guard lets her in. Hi, I'm here to pick up Alex. Signs her out. Like I've done a million times. Signs her out. Alex comes walking out of the class. It's like Fer literally Ferris Bueller's day off, like without the faking the dad part. Like, yeah, yeah. So Alex comes out and then they pop in the car and they take off Panera Bread. Hey, well played by them. You know And then and then when I ask them, why did you do that? Why didn't you ask? They said, Well, because the last time we asked to do that, you said no. So I said, So you didn't ask because you knew I would say no. And and so the other one says, Yeah. I said, so your philosophy was better ask for forgiveness than for permission. She goes, yeah, I guess so. So then I asked the younger one, why did you do it? She goes, well, dad, I wasn't really doing anything in school anyway, so I didn't see the big deal. Oh, you, you, phew. don't worry about it. Your prom, your prom's going to be collecting that thousand dollars. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're going to bring her way out of that one, too. Well, dad. I've never collected it. I know. So I'm a softie. So listen, I got feedback for being too productive. I can't wait for the feedback on this one. Well, the feedback might be that you suck. And the charm is <laughs> that we suck. I'm Obi That's Dad. Thanks for listening. <laughs>